Hi, I'm Anuradha Gupta, founder CEO and lead matchmaker at Vows for Eternity and welcome to Heart to Heart, a podcast that takes you to the heart of people's lives and what makes them who they are. Welcome to the last episode of our first season of Heart to Heart. Thank you all so much for listening in. Remember to please like and subscribe to Heart to Heart if you've enjoyed it and do tell other people about it. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with acclaimed film producer Gunith Manga. She's known for her work on films such as Lunchbox, Gangs of Wasipur and for the documentary Period End of Sentence for which she also won an Academy Award in 2019. This chat of course is about much more than Gunith's career and I couldn't wait to hear what she had to share. Gunith, welcome and thank you for doing this. Thank you Anu for having me on your show. I want to start with um with going back a few years. I think a childhood is a very defining time for all of us. And um you grew up in a middle class family in Delhi and it was a very sheltered, protected, loved childhood and the first few years of your life and then there was a massive change. Um tell us about your parents and your your childhood you growing up years in Delhi. Sure I mean of course my parents and I were best friends and I think they had so many dreams for me and uh, I mean I did grow up in a very big house in I was born in a very big house in GK2 but my parents and I only had access to a very tiny room we had kitchen in in that room and we had a bathroom and that was it the rest of the house was off limits it was long standing family dispute which was beyond my understanding but i was pretty sheltered like i loved i was obsessed by the tiny kitchen i don't even know how my mother managed to make everything in that it was so tiny it was literally like two tiles you know like that space but it was so pretty and uh, as a child i was fascinated because everything seemed like out of a doll room but yeah growing up it was um, for 12 years i stayed in that house and then on one violent day shit was really hitting the roof I think there was a lot of aggression in the family dispute and uh, we fled the house overnight there was like trucks of police and it was crazy you know I really relate to that movie life is beautiful where i was so sheltered and everything was falling apart but i was super sheltered by them and we moved to outskirts of uh, delhi in surajkund and started life again in like identical building small apartments uh four apartments in one floor nine identical small buildings and uh, my parents used to always say that this is top cap arrangement we stayed there for 8 years and for me it was the best time of my life i made colony friends that gk2 house on main road i was never allowed to step outside i didn't know who the neighbors were i had so many colony friends i had a real life in the evening and i grew up with like so many friends so i was very happy living in like you know a community of sorts and having all these families and similar age group people growing up with them and by the time i was 20 um we came back to south delhi in kailash colony and then i think 3 4 years later they both passed which was crazy because i think we were just beginning to stabilize and buy a property and you know literally waiting to start our idle life but i think uh, they really have given me everything beyond their means being the only child and you know really loved and protected and uh, had so many dreams for me like i was 16 and i became a dj i was 14 when my dad taught me driving and he's like you should go to himalayan rally 
I think he made me the entrepreneur I am. He made me the risk taker I am. And uh, there's a lot of influence of their dreams and uh, that I own my hustle and I do what I do and the fearlessness comes from them. So I think uh, not afraid of starting life over because I saw them do it. And I think that's what has led me to whoever I am today. Being an entrepreneur, um, I've always felt that a lot of that also comes from the fact that, you know, you reach a stage in life, you just feel like I, I have nothing to lose. So let me just, where will I go from here? And I think a lot of times that is what gives one the fire because you've got all these dreams and everything. And, and sometimes it's just the dreams, but you don't have enough fire. In, in my case, there was a point in time when I think I hit rock bottom emotionally and I just had nothing else to lose. And I said, well, you know, upward and onward and let's see where life takes me. What was that like for you? I think that moment happened twice in my life so far. Um, one, of course, when I lost my parents, I was 24. Uh, they both passed in six months of each other. I was 23 and 24. And I left Delhi Lockstock Barrel and moved to Bombay. Um, you know, we didn't have anything. Like, it was just really humble lives. And uh, for me, it was like, how does it get worse than this? You know, and it was only like every day is only one step ahead. And uh, I was able to just, you know, I threw myself into work. And work gave me all my validation and gave me all my comfort and uh, love. And I worked with friends and I took far more responsibility than I could chew and then struggled to deliver it because I was also escaping from emotions. Only look back and join these dots. I didn't really know at that point of time so systematically that that is what I was doing. But uh, when you look back, you're like, okay, I was just escaping it and putting so much energy into work that I just went, I used to go back home and just crash. Like there's no energy left to think about any other thought to even cross your mind. Uh, that was the first time when I think I felt like what can get more worse than this? And the second time was that I built, I was part of setting up a company and uh, that company was shut down by my producing partner. So I think the second time was that when I was like, you know, I was not prepared for that. And uh, again, grown up to realize that I can do this on my own. And now I have my own venture. And I'm only grateful for that day now, looking back that, oh, you know, now I'm doing everything myself. But that day was very hard to, again, pick up your stuff and find that you're no more in a safe space and you just have to start from scratch with maybe new set of people I didn't want to so I did deal with a lot of low phase but then one step at a time maybe there was energy that I found I found a spiritual practice to follow and that allowed me to build it back yeah you know there are some things which is very difficult for someone no matter how empathetic a person is there's something so very difficult for somebody else to understand unless somebody has gone through it you know, themselves. And I think losing a loved one is one of those things. It's just, you know, just the rawness of that emotion. I saw that in my life. When I lost my sister, it was a very, very intense six, seven years in my life where nothing seemed to make sense. And, you know, you have this diverse range of emotions, you know, you're good one day, and then you have a lot of anguish and despair and helplessness the other day, and then you're angry the third day, and you just go through this whole sort of circle. And nothing really makes sense. And then for me, one day, I I don't know whether I gave in, I whatever, but I just learned to accept and I stopped fighting and I 
stop looking for answers. And that's when I felt that for me, the tide changed. I started feeling a sense of calm. You know, I became more grounded. But then I was also a very different person. When you lost your parents, did you, were you looking for answers? I'm just trying to understand, is this a common thing? I mean, did you have a path? Did you have answers you were looking for? Or how was it for you? I had to figure survival. You know, there was no time to think about anything. I mean, I my parents didn't have any life insurance. I We didn't have anything, you know. Uh, it was, how do I get to Bombay? How do I start working together? So I just was, I just wanted to work and I was grateful for job opportunities so that I could work and pay my rent and figure it out because there is no backup. There is nobody I can call if I don't have the rent to pay for next month. You know, so I just needed to figure it out. And I think uh, that desperation didn't leave me any time for any kind of soul searching at that point of time. Or And grief has a different way of playing out for everyone. You know, for me, everything came together when I was asked to leave the company. When I So at that point of time, it was six years after, six, seven years after I'd lost my parents. At that point of time, I felt burnout, grief, loss of my parents and betrayal. So I felt a lot of shame that maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I was not a good daughter. All those questions came to me. Maybe I could have done something better. And then a spiritual practice and therapy really helped articulate a lot of questions. And I was in, I was 29 and 30 by that time. So for me, when I was 23, 24, it was survival. There was no family member or anything offering me saying that, okay, we'll cover your rent. You know, there's, there's no choice. You know? Right. You know, you spoke about therapy and especially in India, the mental wellness side of things. In a lot of instances, it's almost like it's under the carpet. It has to be brushed under the carpet. One can't really talk about it. Whereas it's really another dimension of well-being. Did you ever deal with depression or did you reach out for help? Is that something you've done openly? Yeah, a lot of my friends actually uh, were going to a healer and uh, my beginning of my healing started when I started having my spiritual practice. I follow Guruji and it is all related to Gurbani. So it was all very close to home. It's what I have heard growing up and it was very easy to understand and adapt. Uh, There was, of course, loss of faith or belief in any kind of uh, universal energy after I lost my parents but I found a lot of peace in that and I was actually in LA uh, for a campaign in 2016 so 2014 my spiritual journey started and two years later I was in a um, for a Tamil film I was doing a campaign and I was living in LA for three months and I was living with a director and with uh, one of my producing partners and both of them had huge experiences about healing and about therapy and you know um, and they were both my seniors and they actually told me that I should uh, seek out and I should talk to a healer and and that will give me a lot of um, clarity. So I didn't even understand how, what does this mean and how does this happen? I didn't know enough. And uh, just speaking to the healer opened up a world of like articulation. 
you know world of like oh my god you know because you're just burdened with so many emotions you can compartmentalize them and navigate through them is the first time i figured in 2016 and then when i came here and a lot of my friends were going to this one healer i went there and then she told me that you should also see a psychiatrist for your uh, therapy so then i signed up with someone and it was amazing like my i i, I genuinely think my world opened up and i doubled down on it and i was like i need to understand that this is normal you know what i'm going through like i i was just living with guilt i was living with self assumed uh you know sense of loss sense of uh, not being good enough this overachiever syndrome and not you know just, just there was a lot of thoughts to navigate from and they started making sense and uh, i think all of them put together the spiritual practice and the healing and the therapy made me who i am today and i'm grateful you know but yes there was i think a 3 year long period of figuring it out i didn't know that therapy existed i don't think uh, growing up in a middle class family or with that access at that point of time even knew what it was and even when i knew what it was i was like oh my god it's so expensive i can't afford it till the time i experienced it and i was like this is priority so yeah 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 no I absolutely agree and I think sometimes we don't talk about it it makes a world of difference and I'm really glad that you spoke about that because I think it sometimes it's just as simple as getting that little direction which sort yeah. of magnifies tenfold right because somebody else is helping you uh, think, through something I think clarity of thought and therapy both is highly underrated you know we live our lives thinking we know everything especially indians you know have that life experiences we have advice for everyone else so definitely for our own selves we know everything uh, so with that kind of thought process you know uh, lack of clarity and dealing with so many emotions is you know highly underrated like people don't understand what it means like it's a gift if you have clarity of thought that further implies that there is a clarity in vision and there will be a clarity in your us in your do's and don'ts and in your path you know and that will manifest everything that you want to so just getting that fog away and if there are step by step work to be done for it then why not you know but people don't invest in it and uh, people have taboo about it which is pretty sad they're mm. missing out a whole window in their brain of opportunities mm. I agree. It's very interesting you said manifest. Do you believe in manifestations and affirmations and all of that because I do and sometimes I think you know am I am a little bit looney no, tunes but I believe in the power of ask. I think yeah. ask and you should get it. I mean we underestimate ourselves and we underestimate the power of asking, you know. Yeah. Uh, I believe that there is a universe that is listening to us and I mean I've been asking I want to win an Oscar and holy shit, you know, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah so i think we underestimate the power of ask you get what you ask for again clarity of thought so it's all connected to that the minute mm-hmm. you are clear the path opens up on its own you you're in the flow you know you're you're not blocking your own flow and your own journey in life yeah i agree especially in the last couple of years maybe it's as one is getting wiser you know and uh, i think that these are a couple of things that i've sort of figured out as well that this universe is ready to give you something but if you don't ask it doesn't know that you want it so you really have to speak rather than earlier i used to assume i'm just going to be quiet and you know it'll figure it out but yeah you have to really speak up and ask for it so i'm totally totally in agreement with that and it's very very powerful 
yeah people have often asked me oh my god how did you even meet you know this person how did you get them to see your film how did you i, I just asked you know like you give an opportunity to the person on the other side to say no you know but at least you do your karam <laughs> of trying and asking and that has informed my entire hustle of making 40 plus movies and taking them to festivals and selling them around the world and i think what is extremely underrated is curiosity so when you have curiosity you ask more questions and that implies further clarity you know yeah yeah and a lot of you know your choices have really reflected a lot of your inner strength and your confidence in a lot of ways the outside sort of voices don't matter as much it's really when i speak to you it's almost the fact that you are only answerable to yourself ultimately that's a sense i always get uh, you haven't married yet and i don't think being in a marriage is by no means a yardstick of being happy right it's more about being in a happy fulfilled relationship to really be the right yardstick do you have a viewpoint on live in relationships do you think it's like a conduit to marriage I and mean, what are your do you believe in it what are your thoughts on on that yes i'm not married and completely using the platform to say that i'm single so please <laughs> uh but uh, yes uh, i think you need to you know find a partner and um, marriage is something that oh my god it's so pressurized by the society and everything i'd love to find a partner i can spend rest of my life i'd love to find somebody who wants to grow together and you know be as curious about life and experiences and the world outside also not be so consumed in our little lives and our thoughts uh yeah live in works for me um, i do come from middle class india i come from a punjabi middle class family i know my parents would be very happy if i get married so i want i want to be able to um do that and uh, i mean live in works to to each their own but for me i think it's years of conditioning you know and i'd love to get married yeah putting it out there to the universe i'm yeah. sure i'm sure it is it's listening yeah, it's asking for the right Yeah. So you know when you talk about uh, marriage and relationships in this world which is rapidly changing as far as stereotypical gender roles are concerned what does equality mean to you Yeah equality is really important I think you know a lot of men are um, also a lot of good men are asking the right questions I feel like you know what is feminism or what is you know how can we help and what is what I'm trying to say is that we are all products of patriarchy you know and we are all articulating um, our space and uh, we've all been told a certain things that women uh, work and men are are the ones who are breadwinners and then there's this whole generation of of my generation where our parents were like oh my god our girls are going to go be brought up like boys because they were so suppressed so there's this whole generation which is you know built us as like go getters and you know you don't have to do what i did and then there's a whole generation of indian men who've seen their mothers you know still work at home i have faced that where i've been in relationships where i've kind of have to underplay what i do i'm like yeah you know i don't make so much money it's okay <laughs> you know so it's a very thin line uh, but then there are evolved people who believe in all sorts of equality from responsibility to opportunity to pleasure to equality everywhere you know so and i think that happens with mature conversations and that happens with um you know you know just feeling and putting it out there and and communication is at the core of it you know there are people who write off feminism and are like oh my god you're talking so much 
but you know there are also kinder people who ask the right questions and who say okay how can we support what is it about there's suppression for so many years that women are now finding their way of articulating a sense of suppression and everyone's figuring their way out it does not mean that uh, somebody is wrong or right or bad or you know it just means space you know it just means space of thought space of communication you know and uh, and and if you feel like that was not cool there is a line that needs to be drawn those conversations should be healthy yeah yeah but you know you have seen in the last few years like you mentioned you 2019 you won the oscar and a lot of other awards between then and now and then very recently you also put up your own production company a bunch of other international awards and recently you were knighted by the french government with the second highest civilian honor in france wow that's quite something tell me do you find that indian men and i don't know why i always say indian men but i in my head it's almost like indian men and then men i don't know why but let's say let's say men <laughs> do you find that men in general get intimidated by successful women is that something you find it and do you see a change over the years or is it pretty much much of the same i do think that they are intimidated i think there is uh, again we are all products of patriarchy i think there are also amazing woke men out there uh, who are comfortable in their own skin and who don't think that the problem is in their upbringing and they are products of patriarchy you know so that kind of reflection is missing but everybody is again you know projecting that maybe this doesn't work for me or it's very deep rooted the whole thing of boys don't cry boys need to go make money you know and they need to match and be equal Uh, or more and be the providers so i think people who have traveled lived on their own and have had more exposure are definitely more informed um but otherwise it's tough i mean indian men is definitely a species and they all should go to therapy you know i i i love the fact that you also said indian man because i say say this to my husband all the time and he thinks i'm like um, you know but this is really true <laughs> this is really real i mean for the most part we're generalizing but yeah yeah But um, when you look back over the years, what has been the most valuable lesson that life has taught you? To show up every day. Again, we underestimate the work that we put in every day. It feels like every day nothing is really achieved. We get distracted and we there's so much going on. But just the power of showing up and doing what you do adds up at the end of the month, at the end of the year, at the end of the decade. you feel like nothing is happening and i can't move this rock but at the end of the decade i feel like i've moved a mountain and it was all because 1 plus 1 1 plus 1 1 plus 1 so consistency so i think the power of showing up is um, is definitely a road to success it's very easy to not feel like today you know today is not a good day and i want maybe sleep an extra but if you don't do that i think show up for what you do and and i think that is the most important thing in life and if you were to put one thing out to the universe right now in terms of ask what would that be i feel i'm ready to uh, start a family you know it's a very beautiful feeling that i have so i'd love to start a family and that's my ask from the universe my own build my own home and my own um have babies i've uh, worked uh, for so many years and i feel that now this chapter in life i'd love to begin so yeah and finally before you go would love for you to play a round of rapid fire with me have you ever read the end of a book first um all the time 
<laughs> your favorite time of day mornings complete the sentence color is beautiful happiness is internal life is gift Ganit, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Wish you the very best and may you grow from strength to strength and may happiness be your constant companion. And that was my chat with Ganit Manga. Thank you all for tuning in for our very first season of Heart to Heart. My name is Anuradha Gupta and rest assured we shall be back soon with more Heart to Heart conversations. If you enjoy our show, please like us and subscribe because that always helps and find Heart to Heart on Instagram and Facebook. See you next season.